Brummett here with Allie Alberigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, sir. Nice to be with you. Hey, nice to be with you as well, Dwayne. I was just commenting on your shirt. I like that shirt. That's another one of your school shirts, right? It is. Uh, uh, crawl, walk, run, fly. And then it says TriStar Martial Arts Academy underneath. That's awesome. Those are cool things. What a, what a good, great lead into our uh, call today, too, right? Like we're doing a call, uh, the Retail Wonderland. So <laughs> it fits right there. It does. And, you know, I, I uh, stole this idea, or I'd like to say I swipe and deployed it, where I saw that evolution thing where you, you actually had like a kid, uh, I guess it's on this side, a kid crawling and right. then becoming, you know, becoming, uh, and then, you know, and then at the very end you see it, or no, 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 I'm sorry, it was a monkey. That's what it was until they became a human being. Oh, okay, and, yeah. And that's, that's right. what I took it was. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, I want to do that with karate. So let's be, a, you know, like an infant and then a child and then an adult and then somebody that can actually kick some butt. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I think that's fantastic because that's really like basically what we do, isn't it, where we take people. Um, and I constantly have these philosophical uh, conversations on my Thursday lunchtime chat with Allie, I call it, right? And uh and I'm always talking about the philosophy of the martial arts and what the martial arts does to benefit people. And um, that's what we do. We take people literally, and it could be an adult that joins your school, right? They're in their 30s, and they're literally crawling. I mean, I have, I have adults that don't know how to do a jumping jack, and you would think that to be an odd thing, but, you know, it's not taught as much as it used to be in gym class. And sometimes people avoid physical activity their entire lives, or they, they don't do specific things. And then we literally take them from the crawling stage to the flying stage, um, through our programs, right? And that's what makes our school so special. It literally is life-changing. Absolutely. So today, today, this is going to be life-changing because um, we're going to talk about developing a retail wonderland. And I don't want the listeners to uh, think that it's all about retail sales just for the holidays that are coming up. Uh, this is actually an opportunity for uh, retail sales throughout the whole year. And what I like about uh, uh, developing a retail wonderland, and I know that's what you, uh, you, uh, you know, entitled this call. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it does, it, it, it does the, uh, it does a disservice to, I think the uh, longevity that learning these concepts and, and, and principles and, and putting these things into action can actually have, long-term for a school because I know, and you're probably going to say it, so I might spoil it already, but uh, retail is one of the, if not the biggest overlooked, underused um, opportunity that martial arts school owners have. It, it, it literally is a business inside of your business. And um, there's a few concepts and reasons why we don't do it. And I know that you're going to get into some of those things and debunk some of those things. But uh, yeah. if, if the callers, or excuse me, the listeners actually listen to this call and take heed to this, not only will they be prepared for, you know, this November, December of this year, but it will, it will actually set their school up for the rest of their career, meaning however long they decide to stay in the martial arts business, they'll be able to use these principles and concepts uh, to only grow their retail sales. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, that, that's actually great. Everything you said was great. And you did take some words out of my mouth, which is great because, uh, because, you know, that's exactly what we're trying to do is get across the, the, a certain point. But you know what I find interesting? And, and this is just in your description, right? And I don't know why 
we have this stigma about retail that it is only for the holidays. And now the name of Retail Wonderland doesn't doesn't bring up any type of real connotation that it's for the holidays. Maybe the word Wonderland, maybe, I don't know. But but that's, you see, that's the issue that we have as martial artists. So we might talk about the psychology of it a little bit more in this call um, and then give the nuts and bolts after the fact. But here's the thing. So so why is it that we believe that retail is only for certain times of the year? Why is it that the word retail wonderland, even for this program, makes people believe it's just for the holidays, right? And that's the big question because it doesn't say holiday retail wonderland. It just says retail wonderland. So um, I'll give you a few examples. When I um, I owned an, um, a landscape construction company, right? So when I opened my martial arts school, I did not run it like I ran my landscape construction company. I had a different philosophy that the way I was going to run my school, I wouldn't talk about prices to people. I wouldn't set, talk about shirt sales on the floor. Um, I would kind of push off the money aspect to like this kind of taboo conversation. Um, and that's the way I was taught by my teacher. So I thought like, hey, if I'm going to be a pure martial artist and really teach real martial arts, um, I shouldn't be – doing other things. I shouldn't be selling products. I shouldn't be doing this or doing that um, and upgrading and upselling and so on. So w when I was a landscaper, though, here's the interesting thing is that when I owned my landscape construction company, I did everything, right? So we maintained lawns. We fertilized lawns. We thatched and seeded lawns. We put in brand new lawns. We cut lawns. We cut shrubs. We built decks. We built gardens. We did, there's not a thing that we didn't touch. And if I couldn't do it within the scope of my guy's talent, I would hire an outside company. We put in masonry work, patios and barbecues and so on. Um, sprinkler systems we would do. Uh, and, and quite often I would pull up to my customers' houses and I'd see a sprinkler company there. And they'd be putting in a sprinkler. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be pissed at them, but I'd be pissed at myself that I didn't communicate enough to my clientele that I also did sprinklers, even though it said it on my letterhead, but hey, listen, they got the letterhead. Maybe they didn't put the magnet on their refrigerator with all my service, or maybe they didn't think to go to the refrigerator and look to see first. Some guys said, you know, they saw the ad in the flyer, they called them up, but they didn't think, to, you know, Ali is just the landscaper. He's not a sprinkler guy. So I, I kind of I learned that I had to communicate early on so that I would get my customer who paid $130, very similar to martial arts, $130 a month, um, for their maintenance and and let them know that we do it all. So I had to throughout the year continually communicate. And most of that stuff was best done in face or on the phone or every time I did a service, I left them a sheet and I let them know what we did so that it was constantly being put in their head. So not that we were beating them over the head with it, but we were reminding them continuously that we did all these other things, right? And I was trying to get my customer from $120 a month, 1200 or $1,500 a year, up to 4000 a year because I got them to do shrub pruning and shrub fertilizing and winterizing. And, you know, the list could go on and on and on. I have a lot of landscapers that I consult, and I go, do you guys do winterizing in the fall? And they're like, what is that? I go, that's when you spray the shrubs and you wax coat them so that in the wintertime when there's frost, the shrubbery doesn't lose moisture. Like, no, I never heard of that. I'm like, I used to do between seven dollars and $12,000 and literally walk around with a backpack and just spray the shrubs. It took me minutes. And they're like, wow, I never thought of that, right? So it's like all those little add-ons got my customer value up, my return on investment or, you know, my cost of doing business, my value up for each clientele. So that's why I looked at it and I said in my school, I wasn't doing those things. I was embarrassed. I almost felt like if I asked somebody to buy a shirt, that cool shirt that you're wearing, 
I felt funny about asking people to get one. And um, why, though? I had to break that stigma. I had to get rid of the fact that in my mind, it appeared in my mind that I was selling things. And I didn't want them to think I was nickel and diming them. Does that make sense? It, yeah, no, it, it did. So I guess my question would be is, um, you know, how did you break out of that idea that, you know, you were embarrassed to do it and switch to the idea? And I think I know what you're going to say, but but switch to the idea that, you know, you actually have a product and additional services that could benefit them. So how did you, you know, first off, how did you switch that idea of, of the fear and then, you know, look at it as this is, this is an added benefit to the XYZ things that we do here? Well, I learned this from a little kid. His name is Nikki. He was like four years old, five years old. He was this awesome student. Um, and, uh, he taught me the biggest lesson and that stuck with me forever, right? So Nikki wanted, we had these Hulk, Hulk-like um, plastic figures for the holidays on the wall. And then we had Ninja Turtle dolls and all sorts of things for the retail for the holiday season, right? So Nikki, is, it's not the holiday, it's not Christmas yet, but he's like over-badgering his mom. Mom, I want it. He's kicking, he's crying, he's screaming. And I come over, I'm going to be the good guy. And I'm going to be like, hey, Mrs. Uh, so-and-so. Uh, I'll talk to him for you. So I'm like, Nikki, no, you don't, you know, you got to understand, like, you know, it's like your birthday. You only get the presents on your birthday, not before and not after. And anyway, I, I explain and then I say, I'm really sorry to the mom. I'm sorry that I have that there and he's, pa he's pa badgering you and pounding on you to get it. She's like, why are you sorry? And I'm like, in my head, I'm going, I don't know. Why am I sorry? Right. You know, and she, she goes, why are you sorry? I said, well, I'm sorry because if it wasn't there, she goes, but. Then I have to drive and get out of my car because I'm going to buy him something because he gets rewards and blah, blah, blah for doing good things and just being my kid and I love him to death. So you're saving me the trip of driving to Toys R Us all the way in Bayshore and I'm going to be able to get this and go home and relax. And, and, and I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. She goes, and yeah, and if you didn't have it, I'd get it somewhere else. So why shouldn't you sell it? And right then there was an epiphany. It's almost like I got slapped in the head or hit by, you know, by the realization that I'm providing a service. Now, you've said this before, and I have it written on my pad, that you, you know, just, just forming the words with your mouth, that is, and, and no, no, right? Like when I used to tell my daughter when we shop at the supermarket at that the section where you're checking out and they have all the gum and stupid little tchotchke pickups that they probably make millions a year on, a pack of gum, an eyeglass repair kit, stupid stuff, right? Like a now you notice that they have waters at the checkout line because you're thirsty. Uh, let me grab a water. And you start drinking it while you're there. So, um, you know, I realized and I'd say to my daughter, this is the no area, right? This is the area where the word, anything you ask me, it could be about the weather, I'm going to say no, right? And meanwhile, I never once not bought her what she asked for. I would say no, 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 and then I'd go, okay, put it in there and throw it in, right? I'd always cave, right? So um, you said that you could always tell them no, right? And that's easy to do, right? So we're not hurting them. We're helping them by offering these different items, different products, different things within our school. Does that make sense? Uh, no, and actually, uh, I should say yes. It perfectly makes uh, sense. And so, what I hear, what I'm hearing you say, is that we, as martial arts school owners, should one, not be scared uh, to be offering different products and different opportunities, and then two, we should we should look at it as these are these are uh, products and services. Uh, well, products in this case, these are products that 
is doing them a service where they don't have to go out to go to XYZ or ABC place. They can do it uh, within, you know, your own establishment. I, I, you know, you've often brought this up with regards to even, uh, you know, water or Gatorade or whatever sales inside of whatever machine that you have. I know that you, you tell the story that, you know, from for weeks or months or whatever it was that your staff wasn't filling it up and those people were retrained to go over to the 7-Eleven across the street or yeah. what have you and, and, and you were losing all those those sales. And um, But you, what you did prior to that and then obviously after after you realized that was happening, you switched it. Um, but what you were doing is you were offering those things to those individuals that were already going to go and get them anyhow. Um, right. It's a one-stop shop. Not, I mean, it's not Walmart. It's not Amazon. But it is when when they're sitting there. It's a one-stop shop for them. So, yeah. I, I, what I'm hearing you say is it is a benefit to our people. They can, like I said, say no. You know, and if they can't, that's their own problem. You know. Right. And then um, it's a it's a it's it's a, a service that we actually get to uh, benefit from financially by helping right. those individuals out. Yeah, and here's the stigma. So um, I don't know why, though. Like, it, it's our industry. We are this big group of dysfunctional individuals, right? Like, and I don't say that in a negative way. We have this stigma, right, that um, – Certain things shouldn't be done or else we're a sellout, we're a McDojo, we're all about – like I had a guy, a, a parent, um, real jerky parent, by the way, who uh, ended up becoming a real thorn in my side. I've talked about him on other calls. Um, anyway, they would never wear their school shirt. Now, I had asked you just prior to this call, do you wear shirts under your gi? And you said, no, they can, they don't have to. But in my school, it's mandatory, right? So from day one, when they join my school, they, they get their uniforms. It's included in the price. So we give them, if they're a uh, beginner, a uh, little kid, they get a uniform, a gi, um, and then they get a T-shirt under their gi. So they get pants, T-shirt, black socks, because we wear tabby boots on our feet, and the top, right? If they're a mighty warrior and above, meaning like five, five years old on up to adults, they have to start off in sweatpants and a T-shirt. They get it. It's included. And then they earn their uniform, and they get that, and that's included. And then uh, so once they have their uniform, they already have the T-shirt, and they have to wear a T-shirt. They have to wear a T-shirt with um, with their gi top, right? So so I tell people, like, you, this is called building in retail into your curriculum, right? So a client of mine um, had the same thing as you, and I said, you really need – to sell more T-shirts, and you should have it so it's mandatory with a certain brand. Like, they can't wear your walk, run, fly shirt. They can't wear another one that you did. They have to wear the staple uniform T-shirt that has the logo, right? And that's part of the uniform. That's just the way it goes. So so anyway, throughout their career, they have to always dress like that. So they're going to buy shirts, so many shirts throughout their career. But it's part of the uniform. It's like a soccer uniform. They have to wear blah, 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 baseball uniform, and so on. So anyway, for people who haven't done this, that I've got them to change over to do it, they were afraid that it would appear to be a money grab. Like, I'm doing this now. The new rules are you have to buy T-shirts. And people would think of it in a bad way. And let me tell you, the, um, the response was actually the opposite. Because there are reasons why we wear a uniform. One, it absorbs the sweat. Two, for – and I've had – friends of mine that have women that come in with just a bra and nothing on and just their detop and their keys getting pulled over and boobs are hanging out and all sorts of crazy things, right? Some women, no bra, 
Um, you know, some guys bare chested and there's hair everywhere and women are like, I don't want to go near that. You know, like all these right. reasons for sanitary cleanliness, the look and feel of it, right? It looks so much nicer and it's so much more cleaner and, and uniform, uniformed, right? Um, that all the people love the idea. So now what he did was, he, you know, he didn't want them to have to buy new shirts. So you know what he did? Here's a great idea I'll share with you. He went out and he got three sponsors, and those sponsors went on the first set of shirts on each sleeve and one on the back, and he sold enough on the sponsorship to be able to cover the cost of all the shirts to give everyone one free T-shirt. He didn't pay a penny. His sponsors got free advertising. He got free T-shirts, and he was able to say the new uniform policy is you have to wear a shirt from now on. Here is your first shirt. From here on out, you have to wear shirts. If you want two or three, you could buy them. Then he had his staple shirts on the shelf that didn't have the sponsorship after he made X amount of shirts. Um, those were the freebies. Now every other one is a purchase shirt, and everyone loves it. They'd rather be in their shirts than not. So it was a really great way to transfer over. He got no kickback, and it became this ongoing retail um, machine from now until the day he closes his dojo. Right. Makes, so makes what you're sense. saying to me is, I, yeah, I need to do that at the beginning of the year and give everybody a little Christmas present and have it yeah. have it sponsored by some company. Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe do it like this, Dwayne. Here's my ideas for retail always run. Maybe wrap it in a Christmas present, get their site ahead and have it under a Christmas tree and have everyone get their gift. I mean, it'd take oh you a little gosh. bit more. Would that be insane? I mean, it would take a lot of work, but. Every student gets, I'm getting the chills. This is what retail does to me. It makes me <laughs> excited. You know, and, uh, but literally you could have some, if you could turn this into something so positive, so cool, and very little cost and effort, and you have a, a Christmas tree in the lobby, you know, you're a Christian school, gifts everywhere, the kids get a gift, they tear it open, boom. You know what I mean? That would be such a cool thing. And it would be a lead-in for all future generations. Every single person through the door comes in, they have to buy shirts. And by the way, everyone likes to have three and four and five because parents don't like to wash them on a regular basis, et cetera, et cetera. We sell, I mean, I must have sold millions, not, and that's not exaggerating, of shirts over my 28-year career. Right, so, so, but that's how you tie stuff into your retail, right? Like certain things, like certain curriculum-based things like weapons, if you if you do bow staff at Yellow Belt, Psy, whatever the weapon is, that's tied into your curriculum. Those are guaranteed that if they're going to move on to the next belt, they have to learn this weapon. They're going to have to buy those weapons. Right. Did you see what Paul wrote? I didn't. I, I have so many screens open. Paul's a real pain in the neck, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. I love Paul. Now, you said I recently got a life insurance company to sponsor us, and every student is getting a free T-shirt. Amazing how easy it was. Yeah. So there you go. Well, Paul Paul is a young man. He's like 25, and he's going to be the next martial art millionaire. No joke. He's just got it together. Like, he's a good young kid. I mean, he really understands the, the game and how to run the business. He's becoming better and better as we go. So, I mean, just there you go. So, that's it. They sponsored it. He didn't pay for it. He gave it out. He looks like the hero. The company gets free advertisement, and you're able to give these things away for free. Now, you start what we call a buying trend or a buying habit, right? And that when you mentioned before about my drink refrigerator with all my drinks, the minute that refrigerator was out of product, people are like, oh, when are you getting drinks? I'll get it tomorrow. I'll just stop off at 7-Eleven today. Oh, we don't have it again. I'll just go to 7-Eleven three or four times. Now, 7-Eleven has become their after, after training activity, 
and I lost the buying population now, and they, they re they restarted a new habit, and the habit was train, go to 7-Eleven, train, go to – so I lost – it took me a long time to, to get retrain them. Bot, to retrain them. And when I say training, get them – you know, and by the way, what what matters? Who matters if they buy – it doesn't matter if they buy a drink from our refrigerator or 7-Eleven. It probably saved them time and money anyway. But when we didn't have it, we lost out on it. Another thing, too, is a big mistake is, like, people have gear on the wall – and I always joke, I'll go into a school and say, hey, Dwayne, how, how much for the gear with the dust on it? You know, how much, uh, the gray gear? And you're like, no, no, that's black. I'm like, well, it's got so much dust, it looks like it's gray, you know? Like, we treat our retail as if it's, a, if it's, an, it's, it's an annoyance, it's an inconvenience, right? And to put it in a small percentage, even if you made an extra five grand a year, just five 5,000 a year on retail, wouldn't it be worth it? Yeah. Right, five thousand bucks could be like over the course of the next four years, a year or two of college for your child, right? Or uh, paying down a car debt, or it could be you know paying a car, having a car payment. You get a BMW, six hundred dollars a month. That could be your pay- payment for you. You know your retail could be the in your on your bookkeeping could be named the BMW, right? You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, why do we ignore it? I'm just blown away by it. Yeah. So, any other thoughts? Because I have one, a few, a lot of other things, but I have one other thing that I'd love to uh, be able to talk about. No, we can dive right in it. I, I just, it is, it is the most undervalued um, opportunity in a martial arts school, and and I'll tell you from experience where you told me to. Uh, I mean, I always had. Um, uh, sparring gear, like you had to buy sparring gear at this certain stage, but you said, well, right. why don't you offer three different packages? Why are you just I, doing was, one and saying this is what it was? That was humongous. Because... You're in my head. You're in my head today. Because okay. that was going to be the next thing I was going to talk about. So please talk about that. Yeah. So you, you told me, why don't you offer three different packages? You have a lower price, a middle price, a higher price. And, and basically what we found, what you said is going to be true, is people are going to buy the middle of the road uh, you're going to sell more of the middle of the road one than you will the, the the cheaper one or the more expensive one, and we actually do sell more of the middle of the road one, and it's it's uh, set up in such a way that uh, profit wise, um, we make a little bit more, not a lot, but we make a little bit more with that middle middle one than we do the lower end or the, even the higher end, and then you know the add-ons like you can add on a uh, you know, a chest protector. That's not something that's mandatory for us, but you can add on a chest protector. And I literally put this on the sheet uh, when we give it out for them to pick what they're going to buy is they have to check mark. And, and uh, I don't know if I got this from you or if I just made it up. But I, so if, if this is yours, then please take credit for it. But I, I, you have to say either you have to do a check box and say, yes, I want my child's chest to be protected during sparring activities or there's a box that says no i do not want my child's chest to be protected during <laughs> sparring activities no th- this was your idea and and i kind of like that you know and at the same time i don't do that at my school but i love the fact you see here's the thing um parents i paid you did i'm sure thousands of dollars like six grand to have my daughter's teeth done with braces right and uh i'm giving her a three dollar mouthpiece Right where you could buy a, a shock doctor mouthpiece for fifteen, retail it for thirty, and it comes with a dental warranty, right? And it's just a better mouthpiece. So how easy of a sale is it for me to say, Dwayne, listen, you can get this three dollar piece of garbage. It'll help you maybe, and it, it's okay. It's better than nothing. 
But for real protection, for 30 bucks to really, you know, listen, she's got perfect teeth. You don't want them to chip, break, or get knocked out. Um, you could pay 30 bucks. You think there's a parent in the world that wouldn't do that? It just doesn't happen, right? I mean, people will right. be on it in a second. So here's the thing. Um, everything that we sell, there's always an upgrade version, right? So um, you have a bow staff. The, the cheap bow staff is $19.99, let's say, but the really lightweight competition bow is $49.99. But then the heavyweight bow, oak bow, is like fifty nine ninety nine. I have to tell you, when I go through that, sometimes I say it's really good to have the competition bow or the lightweight bow at twenty bucks because you can spin it and flip it. Maybe go to a tournament with it. But if we're going to be doing bow staff in class, you want the oak bow that we smash against each other. It's not going to splinter or break. Quite often, they buy both of them. Yeah. Right. They don't buy one or the other. They'll go, yeah, it makes sense. So we'll use this for tournaments. So we'll use that. Okay, I didn't realize the difference. So if you have options, you know, you could buy. The, the cheaper version of whatever you could buy the Vulcan for, you know, $29 and then you have the $60 and, one from Japan, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And really what you're doing is you're educating them. Um, even though you are selling more product, you're actually educating them because they could buy the $20 one and assume because it's wood that they're going to be able to use it in both settings. Right. And then they'll break it and then buy another one and it'll break again. Um, or after the, you know, and if, if that happens on the third time, they've just spent the 60 bucks that, right. that, you know what I mean? That they could have bought the middle one anyways. Yeah. And who are um, they, now who are they you met? have a disenfranchised who? person too, because I, yes, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, who are they mad at? Right. Us, right. Cause we didn't tell them what to do. You know right. what I mean? So, so quite often though, you know, here's the thing is that the martial arts is foreign to people, right? It's, you know, they, they heard about it. It's karate. I, I heard there are benefits and they come in. They don't know the difference between most of the, I'd say 80% of the parents that sign kids up in the school have never trained before. They just heard it was good for them. They don't know any better and they come in and join your school. They don't know the difference between let's just pretend like, um, you know, crap quan, quan, you know, ninjutsu. I'm using like a combination of whatever martial arts. You I'm don't offend anybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, and like whatever, right. You know, the great, great style. They don't know the difference. They don't know anything about it. So we can't, you know, they're just coming in and trusting in us. And right. then, then they, they're like, Oh, I, you know, I had some, my, my new program manager yesterday, the mom's like, you know, we need to get a pair of uh, size. And he's like, well, what size do you want? And she's like, no size. And he's like, well, what size? You know, nines, tens, like, what is it for? She's like, Psy, S-A-I, not size, S-I. And he starts laughing. I, I'm just listening. I start laughing. You know, so it's a funny thing. Like, we have to educate. So my program manager is brand new. He had to be educated on what she was saying. And then he realized what he was hearing was not really what he was hearing. So we have to educate our people on that. So this is very, very important. So here's the difference. I mean, a lot of gold nuggets are going out right now having staple products within your retail that you know you sell, having T-shirts that are staple T-shirts so that you sell them on a regular basis from now until the end of time, right, As you know, your time. And, um, you know, you also have different upgrades on product. You can offer this set of fighting gear. Like our package one is just the basics. The next one has the bag and the better mouthpiece. The third variety comes with heavy-duty shin guards and a heavy-duty bag and blah, blah, blah. So there are much, much different ways. When I used to just sell, I would say, okay, you wanted fighting gear, 139. Everyone got every, the same thing. Right, right. 
And I realized, like, hey, I could be doing, I woke, I woke up in my own school to my own reality saying, like, why don't I just at least offer it? It's their choice. They don't have to buy the $299 package. They could buy the $130 package. Why am I not offering? And I have this on a menu on my wall, you know, white belt package, you know, um, package for sparring gear A, B, and C, one, two, and three. And then I have the Psy yellow belt package and bow, and I have all the different options with cases and higher quality and blah, blah, blah. So people have a variety. Most of the time, like you said, um, they, uh, they will go into, which is uh, you know, the different uh, sales strategies. Like there's a great book called um, uh, Biology, B-U-I hyphen ology, right? And I forget the author's name. He's from the U.K., and he talks about those package levels, one, two, and three, why we offer them. Because if you only have one, people will buy it. If you have two, people will probably buy number one. If you have three, they'll mostly slide into the middle and buy number two. What happened was when they took number two out or, or whatever, and they said, oh, number one's not selling. Why should I have it? And they slid it off the board. All of a sudden, they started buying number one again because there's only two to choose from. So th- there's a psychology that we have when purchasing to go either middle road or high end if we can afford it rather than low end because we feel cheap and we, we feel cheap means that we're not getting right. the quality, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, hey, Paul uh, said, do we need a, a retail license? And I, I don't know what, what it is in, from state to state, but I know where I'm at in Illinois, um, you know, all you do is, I mean, you have a business license, so that is your retail license. And um, we just have to collect sales tax and keep track of that and document that so we can prove what we're paying in sales tax. I don't know what it is in your area, but I'm sure it's something similar. Same thing in pretty much everywhere in the United States that you don't need a special license to sell things. Like you have your business license to run a business. Within that business, you could sell whatever you want. There's no difference between selling a drink or selling a, a gear package or selling a private Service lesson. compared to retail. Yeah, right. it, you, but like you said, the only difference is retail, you have to collect sales tax, and that's very important. Do not screw with sales tax because they will throw you in jail for that. There's only two places or three places in the government for tax fraud that you could be put in prison. One of them is sales tax, one is payroll tax, and the other one is where anytime you're collecting money from a client – to give to the government or taking money from uh, payroll and taking it out of their pay to, to pay for a certain service. Um, if you're holding that money and taking it and stealing it, then they'll, it's like stealing money. So be careful with sales tax. Make sure you pay it. It's, you're charging it to the customer anyway. It's not coming out of your pocket. Charge it, slide it into an account, and pay it at the end of the year. Yeah, and then Paul also asked this. He goes, you know, I have a rule that people must purchase their gear through me because I know that it's safe because I'm having issues with uh, families going on eBay and Amazon buying almost things for wholesale. You know, what do you do in these scenarios? Um, I, uh, we make it mandatory that you have to purchase it through us, and I don't know how you word it, but this is how I word it, is that, um, you know, uh, my insurance, the way that I have my insurance, uh, they ask me who I use for those type of things. And so if I allow somebody to buy outside of, 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 of that item or items, you know, from those companies, then my insurance is not – if something were to happen to you in here and, and based upon, you know, any of those equipments that you're, that, that you're wearing, my insurance company is going to turn everything on you. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. Yeah, I kind of say the same thing. And then I also go one layer further, right? But the first thing I do say to them is I want to vet the equipment so that I know it's quality. Now, I've, I had, 
here's a perfect example. Um, I had a grandparent buy them the kids a boken. It had like carvings in it and like tape on the handle. It looked really cool. It's cute, right? So they said, can't you just let him use it? You know, just maybe even for the first class or two, and then I'll buy the one that you want. In their head, I know they're going, he's just trying to grab money from me, yada, 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 right? So I'm like, you know what? I'll let him use it in class just this once, but I'm really not comfortable about it. So um, in that class, he hits it on another kid's boken, immediately shatters into this spiky splinter and flies across the room and hits the wall. No one was near it. It wasn't like, oh, my God, close call that I wish it was because I could have had a real good thing to talk about. But anyway, first time, crappy wood, snaps in half, could have poked someone's eye out, right? So I bring it out, and I'm like, I'm really sorry. He hit it once and not even that hard, and this is what has happened. Do you see everyone in the lobby? Do you see why we make sure we buy this stuff from our store? That we know the quality from certain companies is going to be top-notch, while others on the Internet, we don't know what they're making. It could be made out of balsa wood for all we know, right? The second thing that is really a hard thing to say, but I say it all the time, I'm like, listen, wouldn't you rather, you might save 10 bucks on the Internet, right? And then you're going to pay shipping and probably end up saving $5 when everything is said and done. Maybe you save 15 whatever it is. Wouldn't you rather that money come back into the school so that we could keep the school updated, pay for the cleaning company, pay our instructors better, and take care of our lifestyle so we could continually keep giving you the service that we give you? It's just taking money out of our pocket. You have to understand that we're doing this for you, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll keep it in-house, and we want to, you know, give it to you even if it is a little bit more expensive, right? And, and I had a mom went out and she bought sparring gear on the internet. When the kids wore it, I knew immediately that it sucked because it was like a third of the thickness of what we sell. And I'm saying, do you see? Let me show what, yeah, but it was so much cheaper. I go, okay, if you don't care about your kid's brain and you $10 savings is more important about them getting hit in the head, then that's okay with me, right? If you really feel right. that way, you know, but it really wasn't okay with me. And I told her that she couldn't use it and she understood. I said, can you send it back? She's like, I don't know. I go, but do you realize how thin it is? You see what I'm talking about? So these are the reasons why we get them. And, and those are the stories that I tell to keep people purchasing only from us. And you have to, you know, I don't want to belabor this question, but you have to keep retelling those stories. They have to, yeah. everybody coming in is, is all brand new and they have to be uh, retold uh, those stories. So um, right. what else with the, uh, with the retail wonderland do we want to go over? Cause I know, well, we, you know, we've been doing this for half an hour and I, I, I don't want to uh, miss it. Yeah. Well, there's so much dude. And, and, and here's the thing though, afterwards I do have a product that I want to give and make available to people that's called the retail wonderland, which I'm going to sell very inexpensively. It's only 29 bucks. It comes with a PDF uh, booklet and it comes with videos as well, plus a walkthrough of my retail store on video so they can see how I have stuff merchandised. But here's the thing. Um, if they want to pick that up, let me tell you, for $29 investment, they're going to make, you know, a thousand times that on just a few of the ideas that they'll get. But here's the thing, it's all about the psychology of selling, right? It's all about understanding that you have to make it available. You have to learn trigger points. So here, there was a post on, on uh, Century Martial Art page, and, and whatever the post was, I asked a question. I said, could everyone show me what their real retail sales look like in their school? Many people had some, you know, beautiful schools. I mean, gorgeous like, like, not like the old days, you know, like, you know, a school with math, like really money put in and looks, it looked gorgeous. These schools were pro operations, right? 
And then they showed me their retail, which was very clean and neat. But what I saw most was like some T-shirts, some hoodies, some shorts, some uniforms. That's it. Maybe if they sold fighting gear, they had that too. But there was nothing else. And I learned a lot from a friend of mine. I haven't talked to her in many, many, many years. Her name was Dawn Barnes, right? Dawn uh, was, ran schools in California, multiple schools, um, high end. And I visited her when I was in California, right? And I walked in the school. My daughter was maybe six at the time. I was doing a seminar for the WTA, World Taekwondo Federation in California. First earthquake I ever experienced too, by the way, that, that day. Um, and anyway, so I walked into her store, beautiful, like you walk in teakwood floors and mirrors and windows to see in the classrooms and everything was high end, right? Racks that were professional looked like you were in like a Neiman Marcus or a high end clothing store, right? And then a waterfall pouring down off of this thing called the shishi adoshi. You ever see those bamboo things that fills up with water and then it tips over and oh, yeah. bangs and then pours out? Those were made, by the way, to scare away deer in, in different gardens. So it made that banging sound, clacking sound, and then it would refill with water and clack. So she had one of those right in the mid- So the retail place looked gorgeous, right? That's the most important thing. It's beautiful. It was organized. I ended up leaving paying about $130 buying little things for my daughter that I thought was cool. Like she had a dinosaur egg, and it came with a chisel and a hammer, and it was in a package educational tools, so I felt really great because I was going to go home, hold, she would hammer the the egg, and the egg would fall apart, and in it was sawdust, and then there was dinosaur bones, and she'd take the dinosaur bone out, it had a brush, you'd brush it off, and then eventually you'd build this dinosaur, skeleton of a dinosaur. cost me like 40 bucks for it, right? But it was that high-end kind of mindset, like these tools that a parent would go, that would be cool for me and you to do. Johnny, let's buy the dinosaur egg, right? Like, so she had a lot of those things within her retail that were non-martial art related. Like, it didn't have a karate figure inside the egg. It was a dinosaur. But it was to educate and make better students, right? So that's what I talk about when it comes to retail. Why are we only selling products that are martial art related? Like, why is it only, like, kick pads, punch gear, fight gear, weaponry, hoodies with our – or why do we only sell a few shirts with our logo on it? Why don't we have multiple varieties? Like in my school, we have black shorts, we have sweatpants, we have T-shirts, we have hoodies, we have tank tops, we have cut-off sleeves, um, you know, everything you could think of for every option. And then I have a cool shirt that people could buy called the Ninja Shadow shirts or the ones I sold. I sold more of them, by the way, on the Internet than I did that I sold in my school, but still sold like 60 shirts in my school with the cool logo like yours that you're wearing, right? So that's the mindset that we have to shift away from of just having staple similar karate style stuff that you could buy in any karate school. Does that right. make sense? No, it does. It does. And to quickly go back to the sparring gear, we had a comment by Kevin. He just said, you know, uh, not all families can afford the higher price sparring gear. So, uh, you know, what do we do in, uh, what do we do in that case? And I guess that's, that's where you, they would choose option one. That's a cheaper sparring gear set. Right, right. Yeah, so maybe he means like they can't afford our prices. So, so obviously to answer that question, we have package one, package two, package, package three, starting at 130 a month on up to 260 a month, right? So they could buy whatever not, level not they per, want. Not per month. You mean one, but, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, per, per one, one time purchase, right? Um, so, um, but if they can't afford the 130 package, right, let's just say, they could probably find crap on the Internet, but they're not allowed to use it, so offer them a payment plan. Offer them the opportunity to pay it off $30 a month. Get them the gear, 
give it to them and let them pay it off for you. You are really, you are taking the risk of maybe them quitting and you not getting the final payments. But the majority of your people are never going to rip you off in that area. And then you make it easy on them. Put it on a payment plan. Or maybe put it on a payment plan and they pay you, give you $30 a month until they have almost all the money. Then you give them the package. You have it here, sitting here. When you're up to 90 bucks, I'm going to give it to you. The last payment's next month. Like that kind of thing so you don't get killed on it if they decide not to pay you. Yeah, and the other thing is if we do monthly payments, we charge, uh, you know, a $5 fee. Uh, per month on that. So if it's 30, let's say it's, they can only pay 30 bucks a month. Well, they're actually only paying 25 on the principal and they're paying the other five with the interest until it's paid right. off. Well, that's good too. Yeah. I mean, you, you make up a little on the back end because you give them the opportunity or, or, you know, whatever you do, just make it more uh, easier of, for them to get a hold of it. Right. And another thing is ease of, of convenience. And, and the thing that I talk about in my Retail Wonderland package, too, is about inventorying certain products and having it available. So, like, you know, some people will order most martial arts schools out of a catalog, and they only sell what that, you know. And it's cool, though, at the end of the year, Century will give you the holiday catalogs, and you give them out to all your people. And I have a really cool thing that I'll teach you within the program on how to get that out and get people to purchase from the catalogs. And so you sell twice the amount of gear things that you would have never sold that because they've never even seen like magnets for cars or belt racks and things of that nature, right? Um, that's during your holiday sale, um, Black Friday sale or whatever the case may be. But, um, but you need to have stuff available. I don't want you to inventory too much because then you're laying out money that's just going to sit. But here's the thing too I want to teach that I learned and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a name dropper at times. So I, like I, I, my friend JD, uh, my student, his brother is Chris Angel, the magician, and I was, I've talked about him numerous times on these calls. Fortunately, I was able to go around, JD's my friend, and when I was in Vegas, he took me to all the retail stores that Chris had. And he said, you see, this is what we do. And I, was, I learned a lot from him. One conversation he told me, he goes, do you know the cost of money? And I do know it, but I wanted to hear his perspective. But he, he meant like what it costs. Like if you buy 100 T-shirts, right, and they sit on the shelf. I have a client who um, will not let those T-shirts go at a cheaper price, right? He's got 50 left, and he's going to be selling them until, you know, 2027 at this rate. I'm like, just blow out those t-shirts, sell them for 10 bucks and get rid of them, five bucks and get rid of them. He's like, but then I lost money on them. I'm like, you made money on them because you sold enough to make a profit on the whole bundle. This set of t-shirts is sitting and you're losing money with it sitting. So blow it out. Get So let's say he has 50 shirts left. He's going to sell one a month for the next 12 months at 20 bucks. He'll make himself, you know, Let's just say 10 months, that's $200 in retail, right? And let's say he blows them out at $10 and he's got 50 shirts. He'll sell them, he'll make $500 quickly and be able to pump that money back into new product, new inventory, and resell it. He made a bigger profit than waiting and holding on to it. And then he was able to pump it back into new products that people are excited about. And here's the thing if something is sitting on the shelf for too long, People see it in their minds as a non-sale item. If they've seen it, they're like, I don't need that. No one wants it. No one's wearing it. It's been sitting there forever, right? So right. the psychology of selling is you've got to get that product and turn it over. That's why you go into a department store, and they'll blow out a $100 pair of jeans at 10 bucks because they know it's not going to sell because next year it's probably going to be out of style. Right, so they have to. They ha that's the cost of money, right? Where your money is invested in the inventory, blow the inventory out when it's a non-selling item. 
and chalk it up as a, a mistake. Let's pretend your shirt, you bought, you made this really cool shirt and you thought it was going to be the biggest seller and you sold like two because people didn't like it. You're not going to hold on to them forever thinking that people's minds are going to change. Blow them out, get them wearing it because it's cheap. They'll buy it and then um, get a new product idea in that maybe burns off the shelves. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, yeah. Cool. Very cool. And you so call that the cost of, the cost of money? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, because your money is sitting in a box somewhere. It's sitting on a hanger somewhere. It's not right. doing it's anything, costing right? You. It's costing you to sit there. Yeah, and, and, and it's deteriorating, right? Because sooner or later, you're going to have to sell it at $2 when you probably could have sold it at 10 So the more it sits, the less it's worth. Right, and I guess if you, you know, and I like, I like that, the cost of money because, and a lot of people don't know this, even in a, in a, in your grocery store, you have like Pringles, you know, Pringles, let's say, the company that has Pringles, they're buying that space. Oh yeah. That's there. So if they have product that's sitting there and not moving, it's costing them money. And right. that's the same thing we need to think about is, yeah, we already paid for that space because we've paid the rent or we paid the, you know, mortgage, right. whether we own it or not. So literally, that um, space is costing us money, and if it's not making us money, then we're actually losing money, even though we go, oh, well, the shirts are already bought and paid for. But yeah, I, I just I want to drive that thought home that it really is the cost of money. Yeah, and by the way, what you just said also throws out another idea for me. So like when you sell shelf space in a store, the store sells it to Pringles, um, then they get – if they're spending a lot of money and they're a high-end product and they sell well in the store, they're going to get prime shelf space. The new company that comes in has to earn their shelf space, so they'll start off in the corner. If they sell a lot, they'll get an end cap, you know, blah, 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 right? And uh, it's interesting. I used to watch a show. I loved it. It only lasted for like eight episodes. I forget the name of it, but it was about grocery stores. And there are genius marketers where they would heat signature – with cameras, the way people flow and move, like how many people travel to the right all the time. They very rarely travel to the left. So once they went into the first aisle, you know, they, you knew they were traveling to the right. So they'd have everything on these end caps on the right. They had a whole science to what people's, where their eyes went, what they looked at, what they didn't see that was right in front of their face. So that's why you also have to move your retail. That's why I joke when I go into a school and I say, hey, how, how much is that fighting gear with the four years of dust on it? You haven't moved it in forever. So I try to at least twice to three times take my staple items and move them around and recreate displays and make them cool looking. Um, by the way, in the product thing, I share a video of my retail store, what it looks like. Um, and uh, anyway, long story short, that's also part of it because people, if it stays in the same place, you know what it becomes? It becomes a decoration. It's no longer a sales item. I have people, I'll move a picture. I have this cool samurai picture I got as a gift, and I'll move it around periodically, and people go, oh, that's awesome. Where did you get it? When did you get it? I go, it's been in the store right here in this lobby for like the last 10 years. I just move it around. People don't notice it unless you move it, right? So you have to move your retail. You know, one day sparring gears here, the next day you're fighting gear, your uh, shirts are there, and the next day weapons are here, so that when they look, it, it appears to be something new to them. Yeah, right. perfect sense. Yeah, so this is all, and by the way, the same guy who wrote biology wrote a book called Brand Washing, brand, B-R-A-N-D, washing, like brainwashing, and how certain products are sold a certain way to appear elite when maybe, like, you, you might have... Um, a highlight area, you know, like a 
product of the month or T-shirt of the month and have it out and, you know, and move that around or highlight certain things so people are seeing that as, hey, that's the thing I want, you know. That's the gear I want to own, you know, and I start this even with my, my program in my software on the two, four, six, eight, ten week calls or emails, automation emails with a little warrior program, two to four year olds right away. I'm saying, and by the way, um, quite often, if you, if you played baseball and your favorite team was the Yankees, you'd go to a Yankee game, you'd buy a Yankee hat, you'd have a Yankee shirt, you'd buy the baseball cards. In our dojo, we want you to do the same. So we have these little cool items. We have a little plush toy with my eagle from my character, Eagle, Bear, and Wolf. In fact, here he is right here. These are my, my plush toys. So, so this is one of the characters and the stickers that the little kids get. And this is one that I haven't put into – it's in production, just the stereotype. But I, I mean, not the stereotype, the uh, prototype. And, uh, but this one is in production, and I give these away a lot of times to the little kids as a gift when they join, right? So, but, but it gets them to think about our product line, which is the T-shirts, which is the jackets, which is the hats, which is all that stuff for the little kids. We have a whole demographic of, of retail for those little kids. And, uh, but I start from the day they join, they get an email. Hey, keep an eye. Take a look at the product when you come in. If you want to read my book called The Three Kings, which has the eagle, bear, and wolf in it. Um, and, uh, you know, you, and, and then now people are now coming in because I'm doing this retail early. I'm giving them training and programming and putting it in their head on a sequential set of emails, right? Does that, does that make sense? So that's well, where, the, yeah. where retail becomes part of your DNA, part of who you are. Right, part of the culture. And and yeah. for most of us, that's a little bit farther along than, you know, we are going to be at this moment. But it, it does at least point to what it could be in our schools, um, you know, in, 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 in the beginning. Now, inside of the, the Retail Wonderland uh, product, do you do like a, uh, a step-by-step, uh, look, this is what we need to do first, second, third, that type of thing? I mean, do you Absolutely. dumb it down enough for people like me? Yeah, well, I actually have a product, uh, the PDF in there that literally spells it out for you. And it's a booklet and, and literally goes over everything. All the philosophies, the different things you should be thinking about. It has some, some different wish lists available and different things that you could use and hand out to the parents and the school, ideas on how to retail and how to merchandise and how to market and so on and so forth. It's really a paradigm shift about what you really need to think like and be like in order to succeed in retail, right? And then I have three sequential videos that they also get that I talk about it and, and also give them more ideas. And then I take them on a tour, short video, so they can see my retail operation, how it's set up and how it's merchandised. Because sometimes we don't know what other schools are doing. And we were kind of like, hey, how can I fix this? How can I make it better? What should I sell? So I take a video of my entire store and show it to everybody. So, And by the way, I give a 30-day money-back guarantee. Within 30 days, if you just absolutely hate it and you thought it was a waste, I'll give you your 29 bucks back. I'm not really trying to make money on this for people. I, I mean, listen, it's always good to make a few extra bucks. Um, and, but at the same time, I want to help the martial art industry change their mindset on retail, right? And, and I'm seeing more and more of this lately with coaches, but for the longest time, I was the only guy talking about retail, you know, like guys like, you know, um, you know, uh, companies that had me doing coaching for their actual billing companies. They're like, Ali, talk to the clients about how you sell so much. Like, why uh, are people purchasing and, you know, why do people have that stigma? Why are they afraid to sell? So that's why I used to go around right. and teach and, and so on. 
Well, I just, yeah, and so here's the thing. is If you're interested in the Retail Wonderland product, number one is uh, if you're on live on the Facebook page uh, watching this and listening to this, then uh, we put a link that's there. Now, if you're, you know, listening to this podcast uh, later on, then you can go to uh, schoolintertalk.com forward slash 185, I believe that we're on, right? Yeah, 185, okay. yeah. Yeah, so this is our 185th call. Uh, so anyways, yeah, you can go to uh, schoolownertalk.com forward slash 185, and then there'll be a link on that page to be able to get the uh, the Retail Wonderland for uh, that amount. Now, is are you – I know this is, you know, right now we're live, and yeah. uh, this is what the amount – for the product is, are you going to change the dollar amount or you don't know? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, normally I sell that package for like, we've sold this in the past and I think I charge 69 or 79 bucks. I wanted to just yeah, do this for why. our customers, right? I wanted to do this for our clients and give them a deal. So I know that's why you brought it up. Yeah, I wanted our listeners to know that, that you know, generally it's more expensive than that. And the return on, on your investment, the ROI, if you will, uh, yeah. is, is going to be humongous. Now, if you listened to our call last week, uh, and if you didn't, you need to go back, but, but we did uh, a call on uh, ROI versus COI. And I just want to throw in an, an ROI, we all know a return on investment, COI is cost of inaction. So how much by not getting this $29 product, which could be sold a lot more expensively, uh, and, and usually is, what is the cost of inaction for yourself? Meaning if you don't get this product and you don't take action uh, on it, what's going to be the cost? I mean, you, yeah. you, you modestly brought up the, the $5,000, um, you know, thing. If it just raised your, your uh, you know, end of the year retail sales, $5,000, you know, what, that, what, what could that change for you? And, and uh, so that could be the cost of inaction. And really, you know, I think $5,000 is a modest uh, amount. Uh, it's a doable amount, but I'm just saying it really is a modest amount if you immerse yourself into the retail wonderland and do everything that Allie is is uh, is telling you uh, to do. Just just the the things that we talked about today, working retail into the um, you know into your 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 curriculum, but then giving options, option one, two, and three, that, those types. Right. Of, just doing that is going to raise. You know, at least two to three to five thousand dollars. Not to mention all the other yeah. uh, things that are inside of the retail wonderland. And by, and by the way, just last night we sold three sets of fighting gear. All three of them package two, which is the middle package, right? So that's like it added on like an extra thirty five, forty dollars above because it's like one seventy nine with our black belt club discount versus one twenty nine, right? So it's like forty bucks, right? So um, we sold. Three of the middle packages, which is $120 in additional retail, then we would have sold three of the smaller ones. But the way it's packaged together in this menu, people walk over, we point out the differences, and they go, yeah, go, let's go with that. You know, so you've got to start professionalizing your retail. And then, by the way, with, my, um, with Spark Minds, Spark membership that I'm using, we have these in our cash register. We have these quick edit lists where you just click like a supermarket or a restaurant. You know, the biggest sell is the fish of the day. You have a button, fish of the day, boom, quick sale, bam, put it on your credit card drain. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah, it's ease, no pain, right? Like quick, yeah, like not like hemming and horn, go get your checkbook. You have cash, count it out. We'll be able to say package two, boom. Okay, fantastic. On your card? Yeah, boom. What are the colors? Red. Okay, done. 
people like and it's that quick and easy so the better you become the better you are at this the easier it becomes and by the way i have some friends that have martial arts schools that they're doing 50 to 100 grand a year in additional sales right so that's amazing right if you think about it that if you think about it in dollars and cents that's a lot of money but if you think about it in okay you're going to call your retail sales my daughter's college fund or my car payment or to pay off my mortgage like when you think about it isn't it worth the effort isn't it worth the time to re reevaluate your retail reevaluate what you're selling etc cetera, etc cetera. absolutely all right, Allie, I appreciate it. Retail Wonderland, everybody. Uh, get get on it. Go to uh, those of you that are live right now on the on the Facebook page and you're watching this live or even, you know, later on. Uh, click on it. Get it for uh, the, the 30 bucks, basically, with a 30-day guarantee. And then uh, for those of you that are on the podcast, go to schoolownertalk.com forward slash 185. Allie, thank you very much, sir, for sharing awesome, this information. Dwayne. Awesome seeing you again. I love your shirt, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You know what? I didn't even plan on wearing it, even though we were talking about retail. It's chillier today, and I was like, I'm going to wear a long sleeve. So. By the way, by us too, it got cool. And last night was hot, but it's been cool. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation, right? All right, have a good one. All right, take care, dude. Bye. See you later.